Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips that they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as we discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Hi, everybody. We are so excited to share this episode with you today. We have some very special guests that each one you have heard from before. And after we talked to each one, Christina and I were like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if we got all three of these women together, like how powerful that would be? So that's what we're doing today. And we are going to talk all about how we can care for ourselves um, as small business owners, as women, just as humans in general, um, from three very special women. So we have Amy Jackson from The Perch Place in Aurora, Illinois. Hi, Amy. Hey, so glad to be back. (laughs) And we have Tish from Austin Pop-Up Retreats in Austin, Texas. And you heard, um, we had a really powerful episode with Tish all about Christina and her sharing their journeys um, with their eating disorders. So she has some really beautiful insight to share with us. So welcome, Tish. And then Tammy Helfrich, you've heard from before with us. She is a local coach in Aurora, Illinois. Um, she helps with mindset and setting boundaries and just be living unapologetically. And you heard from her in our episode where she walked Christina through like reframing some things she was thinking about. And so that was also a really powerful episode. And Amy, you just heard, we've had her on twice where you've heard great um, self-care habits and um, ways to connect spiritually, emotionally, and mentally um, with each other. So we're so excited to have you all here. Thanks for being here. (laughs) So I thought we could maybe start with um, diving in. How are some ways you care for yourself when things get really crazy. Like for example, in the holiday season, when things just start to go haywire, do you, what are great ways we can recognize that in ourselves when we're maybe feeling burnt out or um, scattered, how we can kind of recenter and um, care for ourselves when we're busy caring for others. So I think for me, it has been life-changing to think of self-care in like five-minute increments. (laughs) And this is not just for the holiday season. This is like an all-year-round thing for me. But it has been really helpful to reframe in that because it can feel really daunting to find like 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours to go do the things that we really want to do. And so can I find five minutes to meditate, to breathe, to be by myself, to sit in a silent car? Um, just do those simple things that kind of help you recenter and bring your bring you back to yourself, um, especially in the busy holiday season. Absolutely. I can get trapped in the limitations around feeling like I needed my 15 or 20 minute meditation and I then I skip it. Um, so I completely need a tool like that to remember anything, even five minutes helps. And I guess where my mind initially went was how, and I have to really be intentional on this, but just kind of checking in with myself and asking myself in a moment of feeling overwhelmed, like, 
okay, Tish, how can I take care of myself in this moment when I have my children under me and I feel like there's 50 other things I need to do too? And sometimes just the acknowledging myself is honestly enough of a self-care moment that I feel seen. Um, And it might just be like, okay, get yourself a glass of water and I feel you and I'll come back to this feeling tonight if I have time. And um, attention matters, just like with our children. So kind of filling your own cup throughout the day in that way of recognizing, hey, I'm overwhelmed can help you uh, feel like you can get to the end of the day and then give yourself something more than just the glass of water. But that's one of the little tricks that I use for myself. And I have to stick with it on my recovery journey to get through tough days. It was so relieving or it was a sigh of relief when I found out I was diagnosed with ADHD because looking back, I can see so many, especially during the holiday season, overstimulation. And now as like learning more and more about what ADHD looks like in my life, I can now, what you were saying, Tish, acknowledge like you're overstimulated right now. Like all of this anger, all of this frustration, all of this need to you know, put things in place is because you're overstimulated. And I find that uh, progressively worse in the holiday seasons because there's just so much. There's all these parties and all these um, shopping and all of this making and just all of the things. No, we have to do the advent calendar. <laughs> um, and so and now that I can name, like you are overstimulated right now, I can not only tell myself that, but I also am very communicative about that with my family and saying like, my kids are well aware that I have ADHD and I'm always like, mommy is overstimulated right now. <laughs> I can't. Um, so I love the fact that you're like, name it and then allow yourself. Like I feel this and acknowledging that, but also you might not have time to process that right then, but doing it later. I love that piece of advice. And you hit on something really important, Christina, because stereotypically women hold more of the mental load and we have so much more mental load at holidays, holiday times with parties and gift giving and everything else that goes with that. And that's just life stuff that has nothing to do with our actual business stuff. And then on top of that, all the mental load from the business um, and all the things that we're doing for our clients and our customers. I mean, it is, it's a whole lot. And so I think just like you said, just even recognizing it and naming it and bringing in support um, in whatever ways that makes sense in your life, like that, that in itself is a huge self-care practice. Tammy, I feel like you'll be able to speak to this. What as like some practical advice that you have for women during the holiday season to set expectation and set boundaries? Like what are some reasonable things to put in place, but also what, what do we tell ourselves? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, I talk a lot about intention. So I think one thing that's really helpful is for people, if you know that you have a really busy season coming up, to be really intentional about what you want that to look like. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect and it's going to go exactly the way that you think it will, but setting those boundaries and saying, here is what I need. If you know that you get overstimulated by things, making sure that you put rest time in and you don't put back-to-back appointments next to each other and that you don't have too many things that you know will be really challenging for you. Maybe in-person meetings are 
more difficult. And so you don't put those next to each other. Um, I think, so I think being intentional and, and really thinking about that ahead of time, what you want it to look like can be really good. I think also just paying attention, like, uh, what we all just said, paying attention to what you do need and asking yourself, what do I need in this time? All of us are in different places in our lives and in our businesses. And so knowing what is important to you and what is what's necessary and maybe what can be put off and um, maybe doesn't have to be done. Maybe the advent calendar doesn't have to be done this year. Maybe your kids don't even care if you do the <laughs> advent calendar, right? So really asking yourself, like, is I, I love the question always, is this helpful, right? We can all jam a million things into our time, but is it helpful and is it really necessary? I think those are good questions to ask yourself. So I know something that comes up for me um, a lot, and if I'm not doing these things and caring for myself well, I feel like it has more of an effect on me. And it it's kind of like imposter syndrome, but it's more like, okay, so I've created this product out of my heart, and it, it's hard for me to detach like Jenny from Illuminate Space. So especially when there's like lots of customers and things are a little crazy. And then there's an unhappy customer. I can take negative feedback and like turn it into a a, a negative character thing for me. And I don't, I struggle with like separating that. Do you all have any like things that, (laughs) but that I know Tammy has worked with me before on that of like separating, like, here's what I've done. Okay, so one thought she helped me with was I have created this experience for people to have with my candle. If they don't have that, then I that's not my responsibility. Does that make sense? So like how I know when all those things happen at once and maybe customers are unhappy, like how do we keep up good boundaries and not letting that affect like, well, we're just not good at what we do? I think having... Number one, having the confidence and the reminders to tell yourself that you've given your best and you've put your whole heart, you know where your heart is. And it's back to Tammy's intentions. All of us are doing our best in any given moment or any creation that we put out into the world. And it is hard to separate or we want to control what the other person is feeling or not feeling. And I think sort of just pouring your heart into it and then you just have to release it. And it is really hard. And I think now if someone's coming to your face and giving you that negative feedback, I think that's where you have to hold real firm in what you know you created and what your intention is and be um, gentle with yourself to remind yourself that you have done your best and not everyone is, it's not going to be for everyone. And that's okay too. I know not everyone will like me. I know I have to, (laughs) I have to work on that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's really helpful. I love, though, that the word that you said was control. Like, is this about you wanting to control what they think about you or what they say about your business? And I wrote down 
y'all all know that I've shared that my counselor told me like, you're doing their emotional work for them. And so it's almost saying that of like, if they send you a customer service response and you're so quick to like, how do I fix this, fix this, fix this when it's maybe like a, there's some customer service things that you need to address, but some are just like, okay, they're being ridiculous. Um, and so almost telling, I'm, I'm going to tell myself like this, like, am I trying to control the way they think about me? Let me just handle this how I would anybody else and do my part to be who beautiful chaos is. But then what they say about me or my business is out of my control and they have some emotional work to do. Yeah, because that's another way that you're adding more onto what you're already experiencing. If you're trying to take on their feelings and the way that they're thinking about you, it's just adding to your mental load. And that's not helpful for anyone. And one of the things that Jenny and I worked on was getting to that place. So that's the first step of believing in her product and knowing she did the best she could. But then also the next step was realizing that she would know how to fix it if something happened, right? So we tell ourselves these stories that we won't know what to do when someone comes at us like that. And she does, she knows exactly what to do to fix it. And so even just reminding yourself that, yeah, we'll handle it if it comes and it's okay. Let's talk about, there's always these, like some of us have great intentions, like what Tammy's saying. And we say, we pay attention to what we need. And before the season starts, we say, we are going to stop taking orders. We're going to stop taking clients. We're going to stop all of this X date. Uh, let's just throw in the air December 10th. Like everything is going to be done then because it is the holiday season. And that is a time for family, whether <laughs> some of us enjoy that, some of us don't. Um, but like that is an intention that I've always set up for my family is like, I want to spend the holiday season with my boys. I don't want to be stuck in my office. Um, when I had the shop, I didn't want to be stuck at the shop, um, during that time, but there are always those people, whether they be clients or customers that, Oh, please, please, please. I just need this last minute. Like I know, or they'll say, I know it's last minute, but I really need it. Um, what advice do y'all have, or maybe some statements to tell ourselves, um, because it and is, the people and to tell statements to tell the people. So, well, yeah, that's what it. Yeah, <laughs> that because it can get uh, this sidetracks us a little bit. But holidays are hard for some people, and we need you know every extra twenty dollars or whatever we can get is enticing. But how do you stay firm to the intentions that you've put up? Also, not be again that fear of like they're going to go tell someone that I wasn't willing to work with them. Blah 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 blah. Um, but you've set this boundary of the state being done. What What do y'all have to say about that? It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, and I'm with <laughs> like when you said that, Christina. Too like sometimes it is like oh, if I had a like one or two more orders, then that would mean would this wouldn't be so tight, right? So it's like not just like I'm not there for myself. It's like also sometimes there's financial things. There's, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. But I think one thing that has been helpful for me is coming back to the why, like you verbalize so clearly, like I want to spend the holidays with my kids. Like I want to be able to be there and not be in an office or in a, in a store. 
And so coming back to that for ourselves and reminding us like, this isn't just because I'm being selfish or I'm being mean or I'm against this person in some way, but it's because I, this is a high value for me. And this is something that I want in this season. And I think honestly, being really honest with your customers, even like, and saying like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I would love to do that. I, I, at this time, I'm actually spending time with my family. I'm no longer in the shop. And I think people are going to resonate with that vulnerability and that authenticity. Um, because I can, can you even imagine like if a store store owner said that to you, like you'd be like, Oh my gosh, of course. Yes. (laughs) Um, but in our minds, we go to all of the other places, like they're going to be mad. They're going to, you know, all the things that you said. So I don't know. I don't know if that solves it, but in my mind that has been helpful. Yeah. And I think just being clear with your communication. So if you, so first of all, it's going back to deciding, right? So not deciding on December 9th, (laughs) that December 10th is your last day, right? Like deciding, okay, we're taking this time and then communicating that to people and then standing firm to it because that's saying to you, to yourself, I'm respecting my own boundaries. And the more you do that, that takes practice, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, that took time for her to learn how to start to do that, right? And so so maybe it's even if that feels like way overwhelming to you to say that, maybe start practicing little ways that you can do that now before the holidays of like, Jenny's a great example, right? With wholesale orders, she's made very firm boundaries on that. There's a timeline. This is what it takes. And um yeah, can exceptions be made sometimes, but this is the standard. And so I think a lot of times, um, especially when it comes to boundaries, we don't communicate what they are, but we expect everybody to abide by them, right? So starting to actually put those out there and tell people what they are, people will usually respect that. Mm -hmm. You'll always have those people who will always want last minute exceptions, but you have to know what you're willing to say and what you're willing to do in that moment. And I think just to tack on to the end of what you just said, Tammy, which is if you have communicated that clearly and it comes to a moment where you're feeling like pulled, holidays are a time to mean our moments. And I think when, if you can bring that back into your, into your mind in that moment and go, no, you know, I want to be present for my children or with my family or at this event you can't you can't be everywhere but if you can remember to that you have this finite moment and you're never going to get this back i know that seems like such a strong statement but that is how i hold like firm mm-hmm. in what i want to be doing especially during the holidays it's like this is it i have one year where my kids are this age and i'm healthy and i'm here right now so mm-hmm. Let's make it count and hold firm to all the boundaries you've put in place around work. Yeah, not to make Jen cry, but we all have our last (laughs) Christmases with our kids in our house. We got to make it count, right, Jen? Right. (laughs) Uh, But I, like, to what all of you are saying, it's, yes, because when I, so I almost, so I write down my boundaries, like the wholesale stuff. I have it in an agreement and it almost like oddly helps me when I am feeling pulled, like you said, Tish, is to almost just like I visualize that document as like this bind and I'm like, no, the document says that (laughs) I can't like 10 to 14 days and that's helpful to me 
So like Tammy's saying, to communicate clearly and have that written somewhere, like in multiple places on your website, in your emails, in your posts, like it does help you emotionally then to fall back on like, no, that this is what it's not like Jenny making an exception for you. Like it says that. And to what Amy's saying um, of kind of like bringing the humanness into it, because that is how we're different than like Target, right? We are a human making it. And to explain to someone, this actually just came up with um, a poor party recently. Someone wants to do it on a Friday night. And for me to say like, I would love normally, yes, but my son is a high school football player. I can't do Then they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, we have a football player. So I think like bringing that little bit of personal into it does help people understand. And Mm -hmm. that's helpful. And Tammy, you said something too that like, this is a muscle that we practice, right? Like this is something that we have to like keep working. And so if you don't hold boundaries at all, all year, and then you get to Christmas season and then like the day before you're like, just kidding, I'm going to, I'm taking the next two weeks off. Like <laughs> you are setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> like That is not going to go well. So even thinking now, right now, this week today, like what are my boundaries around when I'm answering emails? Do I turn off at a certain time? Do I you know, put the phone away for a little bit, turn off notifications. Like what are your boundaries around working right now? And that's a great way to work that muscle a little bit and prepare yourself for, for later on when it gets busier and crazier. That's good. Um, okay. So let's take the small business out of it and just come forward as women and the holiday season. Um, there's a lot of emotions for a lot of people. Some people love the holiday season. Some it's very emotional and draining and sad. Um, I have some close friends that some really sad things happened in the holiday time. And so because the holidays fall from, um, Halloween all the way to Christmas, that season is just a really dark time for them. So can we talk about that for a little bit and maybe, I don't know, whatever y'all feel like you need to say about, about those times for people. Well, I will just say that is a very real thing for a lot of people. And so even just acknowledging it and being able to, um, honor that for people is really helpful. Um, a lot of the work that I'm doing is to learn how to like actually feel that. So I think that so many people, if they could actually let themselves feel so much of that, it would release. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to go away completely and that those anniversaries aren't always going to be there, but like actually letting yourself grieve and letting yourself feel that can be really important. And then also, again, going back to figuring out what do you need in that time? Does it mean that you're not going to be doing as many in-person events or that you need to take more time just specifically with your family? And also, I think uh, for a lot of us, it means letting go of what we think the holidays are supposed to look like and creating our own traditions and our own ways of doing things. And that can be really powerful, especially for people who have had traumatic experiences during the time you know, that might not mean you get together with all of your family. It might mean that you just spend it with just your family. We've done that. We um, went away, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before. We we went away and we weren't around any of our family and it was fantastic and we loved it. Um, so being okay with creating your own traditions and then also just being really aware of what you need during that time, I think can be helpful. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, grief 
even if your grief didn't happen during the holidays, there's a way it can come back up in that time. But on top of that too, I think of like just family dynamics. (laughs) Um, There can be so much strain and we know, uh, from research that we have a tendency around when we begin, we go around our family of origin that we actually can fall back into old patterns and ways of relating that can be really unhealthy and really unhelpful. And so even when you feel yourself doing it, sometimes it's hard to not do it. <laughs> um, and so I love what you said, Tammy, just like asking ahead of time, like, what do I need during this season? I know for me, it has taken me many years to realize like I need more space and more downtime to process some of the family dynamics and things that come up during the holidays. Um, and so scheduling that time in. And then I really, I'm totally with you in the just allowing yourself the freedom to do what is right for you and your family. One of the, I think, blessings of having the last few years just completely turned upside down was that I did for the first time feel total freedom to do what we wanted to do for the holidays. And just a gentle reminder that we can carry that with us into this year, even if things are all back to normal, even if there are 1 million family get togethers and friend gets togethers, you still get the same freedom that you had in 2020. So I love that idea to have the freedom to pivot which can reset and create new traditions because we all get stuck in these patterns of what we did growing up and what we imagined it would be like always. And you're right, Amy, if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that now is um, a time to have more freedom to pivot. And I would also like to add as a, someone who has a spouse who lost, we lost my mother-in-law. And so last holidays was our first time without her and our birthdays during that time. And it was really heavy. And I think it's important to remember, even if you're not going through that, one of you said this, that the people around you may be in heavy grief. And I, I found Um, I had to balance my extreme highs with the girls with extreme lows from my partner. And he really appreciated when I just took a couple of minutes to the side and said, Hey, I see you. And I know this is heavy for you. Is there anything I can do for you? Um, What would you like me to make that she used to make? And so not that we need to be worried about caretaking for others, but if we have the space to look around, um, yeah, there's so many emotions flying through the holidays. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think um, kind of to tie it back to what we talked about before with our family and it, it, trust me, the family is the hardest for most of us to do our work around and to be who we are working (laughs) on becoming. Um, But if you take that same concept of you you can't control what they're thinking or what they're doing, and if even if you just let go of that, this has been really helpful for me. I have a very difficult family member. And when I could actually get to, they can act however they want. I don't have to let it bother me. I can be okay with them being who they are and not making it impact my holidays. And that has changed everything. Again, takes a lot of practice and takes a lot of work on your part, but it can be life-changing if you can do that. Yes, that's that's actually like a thought I always 
try to help myself think before I'm going around certain family of like, just let them be them. Because I think a lot of my stress comes from like, I'm trying to control how they are with like this new person I've evolved into, like control how they see it and how they're reacting to it. But then that like almost creates more stress. So something that's really helped me the last couple of family get togethers is like, I am visualize this like bubble around them and bubble around me and like they can do whatever they want in their bubble and they can't get into my bubble. But it just like I've taken off the responsibility of controlling how they are. And I feel like that really does help to just mentally tell yourself like they're going to be them and it doesn't have to have anything to do with me. And that's helped a lot. <laughs> and when it's Christy growing up. Just <laughs> I know I was going to say, is this me? But I know who you're talking about. It's Christy. She can be in her own little bubble. Whatever she wants. So uh, I grew up in, a, in an environment, um, physical environment, that it snowed on Christmas. And so then transplant me. Uh, when I'm 15 to Texas and I'm now away from all my family, minus my immediate family. Um, and the weather is now 75, 80 degrees on Christmas day. And I remember, I, I physically remember this and obviously had zero tools at the age of 14, 15 to, I was very sad. I was very sad that first Christmas, not only were we not with all of our extended family, which was what we always did on Christmas, but now the weather wasn't even what Christmas was. And um, I remember that being a very hard transition for me. And then, you know, four years later, five years later, maybe even six years later, I meet Tyler and we get engaged. And now I'm just now adjusting to my Texas Christmas and what that kind of looks like. And now I'm thrown into an in law. Christmas situation and Christmas is no longer the same as it has been for the last five or six years. And then we get married and have kids. And now we're trying to figure out what Christmas looks like in there. And like, let's just say when you add kids into the mix, Christmas is completely different than it was when you were a child and these feelings that you had around it. So I feel like while I love the idea of Christmas and like just the holiday, like the I think that there's a lot of hope that comes forth at Christmas and I love lights and all of that. But I also think that I grieve a little bit at Christmas, not someone that's left me, but grieve like what I think you said it, Tammy, like letting go of what we think the holiday season should look like. I don't think I've ever had what it should look like since I was 13 years old or 14 years old. So, and then you feel like, and I'm just talking out loud at this point and you guys can all speak to it. But I feel like at that point, it's like, well, my kids are never going to have a Christmas like I did because their extended family doesn't live here. And, you know, and and COVID gave us that year where we had to stay home and had to be together. And as much as I loved that, I also grieved that it was a quote unquote normal. It wasn't a normal Christmas. We weren't with everybody. So it's like this weird pulling of all of these areas. And I feel a lot of guilt of like not giving my kids a Christmas that I had when I was little, not material wise, but family wise. And so it's just like this weird, all of these weird emotions coming up, come up, but this has really helped to like sit in those emotions. But what do you like, what thoughts are, I know all of you are probably spinning right now as I'm talking, like, what are you guys thinking? I I know I can't be the only one that feels this way. I especially feel like, so my girls are eight and three and 
the first few years, like of having kids, I didn't feel that like mom pressure for like the holidays. It just, I just, I don't know. She was so little and I was like, she doesn't remember. But when she started hitting like five, like four five, six, and then I felt like this tremendous pressure to like make the holidays something. I don't even know what, like something I never had or something I always wanted to have, or like you said, like what I think it should be. And oh my gosh, like (laughs) it's so stressful on top of just like just getting through the holidays to try to make it this like magical special thing. Um, and I think so much of that is like what, what I project on to like what it should be or what my kids will want or what they will, you know, enjoy. And we all know, of course, like they end up just playing with the wrapping paper, you know, like it's just, it's like, so I think we all know it after we've done all the work and put all the pressure on ourselves. But like, if we can remember that truth, before we put in all the crazy effort. Um, (laughs) And so one like really simple thing that I've tried to do is like talk and as obviously it gets easier as my kids get older, but like talk with them about like, what's one thing you want to do this season or what's two things, you know, like really, really simple and anything else that happens on top of that icing on the cake. But if we can just do one thing and know like, check, I I won in that one thing, (laughs) we did it. Um, I feel better. They feel better. And the whole holiday season goes smoother. Good. I like that. Yeah. I think um, really asking yourself, getting really honest about that question of what it should look like, because a lot of times that's not even what we want anymore. Or like you said, we're putting that on our kids. I know this has been a huge thing for me to learn how to not put my expectations and what I needed as a kid on my kids because they don't need the same things. They, we've given them different experiences. And so even just checking yourself with that, like Amy said, asking them what they want or what it looks like for them can be really helpful. And it just changes as the kids get older too. So, but I think really getting honest with yourself about like who says what it should look like and who and what really works for you and your family. That's so much of our work is figuring out what works for us. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't work for our in-laws or the grandparents or other people that goes back to like setting your boundaries and being okay with people not being happy about some of your decisions around the holidays, which can be hard. Yeah. And to echo what you both said is I last Christmas asked my children leading up to it, what are you looking forward to during the holidays? And that relieves so much of my pressure to do it all because I don't do Elf on the Shelf (laughs) and they don't seem to be missing out. But they told me very clearly what they look forward to. And it was some of the most surprising answers. And then I had my guide of what they look forward to. And then I felt a relief to not do it all. Yeah. And I think that's so important because helping really asking your kids what they want. And then like, sometimes they need rest too, especially if your kids are in school and they've had busy seasons, they might not want to be doing all of the things that you think you should be doing. They might want to just do only a couple things. It's really good. Yeah. I really like that advice. I'm going to totally do it. And my kids are so different from me that I know they're going to be like, I just want to chill and watch movies like the whole break. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I think about with my kids and yours, Christina, how you were mentioning, like they don't know Christmas with snow and other things. We know that because like, that's what we did. And like Mm -hmm. my kids, 
I mean, we were, we started off, I mean, Michael and I had them in college. We didn't have much. So we had like one president for them, but they don't know, like not it not being like that. And that's helpful for me to remember. And honestly, I have a boundary that I've done for a few years now. This might seem silly, but I don't look on Instagram and Facebook on Christmas Eve because everybody's posting pictures of their trees with all the presents under it and that stress and I just know that mentally is not good for me so I just don't go on and scroll around those days and that's helped me in that area with the present thing good job (laughs) yeah that's a great boundary I actually had to do that COVID year, you know, to each their own, what they did that year. But Tyler and I did decide to stay home. It was safest for us and our family. Um, And that was a really hard day to scroll Facebook too, where you saw all these people still getting to have those memories because they hadn't um, made the same choice as us. But that what comes down to, you know, everybody does have their own choice. But that was really hard. I remember sitting in my feelings of life isn't fair at at that moment. Um, But so I do really like that boundary, Jen. I mean, there's a lot of social media boundaries we could all put up, but okay. Well, this has been a great, great conversation. Um, You know, we're about to enter quarter four for anybody who um, works in the home, works outside of the home, um, is a man, is a woman. Like it's a busy time. It is a time that brings up a lot of emotions in a lot of different ways. Um, So I hope this was helpful. Um, to anybody listening on the other side. But before we go, I would love for each of you to either share a really good memory that comes up for you during the holiday season or something maybe in the last couple of years you've put in place for your family, like something your kids have said they love to do um, that's now become somewhat of a tradition for you that just brings really good feelings. I think one of my fondest memories of Christmas has always been the downtime of Christmas morning, like after everything is opened, just being. And um, so I have made that space for my family. We like don't go anywhere um, until if we go anywhere, it's very late in the day. Um, I make waffles. We have a slow brunch um, and just really soak up that downtime um, so that people can just be. And there, that creates that space for the feelings, for the toys, for whatever we need. Um, and that's just been a really, I don't know, a fun part of the holiday. We did that too. So when our kids were younger, we really abided by what the in-law or, you know, what the grandparents wanted. And we would rush and open presents. And then we would have to pack up and leave because we're the ones that don't live near everyone. And so I remember the first year when I said, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to let our kids enjoy their presents and we're going to be at home by ourselves. And it didn't go over well, but it was really, really helpful for us to be able to do that. And then since then, we've also said, we're going on a trip during Christmas or we're doing other things that we want to do. And so um, I think going back to that, just deciding what works for you in this season will be really helpful. That's exactly what we have created. I grew up with a rush on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to make it everywhere. And that's our favorite part is we have chosen to be home on Christmas morning. If family wants to stop by later in the day, that's great. Um, But our choice is to be at home in our pajamas all day if we choose. Having a late morning breakfast, letting the kids play, 
you know, walking the dogs and really soaking up the downtime, as you said, Amy. And that's my favorite part. We've rushed up until that point. Let's take a deep breath and savor Christmas Day. Yes, I love the way you put that. I love Something that we've done now having older kids, mostly teenagers, um, because there was this like weird phase, I feel like, where they like don't want to do the kids stuff, but like they still love Christmas. And so I don't know how we figured this out. We like stumbled upon, we just had them all write, they each got like five slips of paper and wrote down um, something like they always want to do that we just don't do on a regular basis. And then we put them in a jar. And so it's kind of like a mesh of 12 days of Christmas Advent kind of thing. And each day we pulled them out. And it was so it's so I mean, I think people don't give teenagers enough credit, like of how sentimental and just good they are. And we had some of our best family nights, like one of our sons said, make a fire in the fire pit. So it's freezing out and snowing, but, and do hot chocolate outside. And that that was like such a fun night. Cause you don't do that. And one was like, so they call McDonald's Don's. Do you, Tammy, do your kids call it Don's? And one, one night was like, go to Don's because like a TikToker does that. So we did that for dinner one night, but it's, you can just find these like simple things to do that all ages can really, and it's just that like family togetherness that they really enjoy doing. So that's my Also, favorite. how genius of you to have them basically make your advent calendar. Like well, yeah, there's no like right. cutesiness <laughs> to it. Like it, they're literally doing it for you and it's actually things that they're going to like. I'm like, no, we are going to go outside and feed the birds because <laughs> this advent calendar says feed the birds. Yes, that all came I'm a, from I'm a, failures of that. <laughs> I'm a real treat. Christmas, but I'm trying to get better. <laughs> One of mine is on COVID year, we, again, we're just kind of like looking for things to do um, as a family here. And we ordered Chinese food and we watched, I think uh, Wonder Woman was the movie out that year, but we watched like a family movie together at the end of Christmas and it was the best. And we actually did that again last year. We were at Jenny's house, but we still did the same thing. And um I think that's going to be like our new thing. It's it's calm, mm-hmm. it's fun, and um, they somehow think it's a treat, even though we watch <laughs> movies all of the time. But well, thank you so much for sharing, guys, and thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. We feel like we had the powerhouse on today, and yes, in the new year, we would love to have you guys back on to talk about a new year and what that looks like and how we can help ourselves. But in the meantime, make sure you guys go check out all three of these wonderful human beings on Instagram. Um, and they're just so knowledgeable in what they do. They take care of humans and our brains and all of those things. So, and bring so much goodness to the world. Thank you for all that you do. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.